welcome to the Christchurch Winston-Salem podcast. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at ChristchurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Merciful God, we thank you for bringing us outside of our homes and bringing us to this place, our home. Uh, We ask that you would be with those who are shut in still in their homes, whether by illness, whether by old age, whether because they are ashamed and are despairing. Lord, would you comfort them by your spirit? Lord, this morning for those who are here in this place, who are still closed in on themselves and despairing, God, would you turn us outside of ourselves this morning and help us to see Jesus clearly? Let us um, repent and turn our faces um, individually and collectively to Jesus, who is our hope, who is our joy this season. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Being a work-from-home, homeschooling, sermon-writing dad, like anything has its ups and downs, but one constant many days of the week is the imminent return of Jody from work. Now, sometimes, sometimes that happens around 5 o'clock, and sometimes it's about 11 p.m. at night, but whatever happened during the day, no matter my mood, Jody's soon and expected return brings her into my mind. What will make her return home enjoyable? So I set to work cleaning and folding, emptying, and all around preparing for her arrival. Now, this might surprise many of you. By nature, my attention to these details is quite lacking. So... I think about her, WWJD, what would Jody do? (laughs) Some days I work the whole day with her return in mind, but on most days, the cares of the day sweep me away, and I'm left in a mad scramble to prepare her way home. Now, this is the scene of Luke's gospel in chapter 3. John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, knows that Jesus is just about to come home from work. So he single-mindedly devotes himself to the task of getting the house ready for Jesus' public ministry. And we just heard Luke chapter 3, John's proclamation. It's summed up in verse 18. With many other exhortations, John preached good news to the people. He preached gospel to the people. And what was the good news? John's good news, like the prophets before him and like Jesus after him, his good news can be summarized with one word. Repent. The Lord of hosts is here and in one moment he will save and he will judge. Repent and be saved. Does that sound like good news to you? It might not. Now, whether the word repent sounds like something that you hear walking up to a sporting event 
and some uh, socially awkward person is yelling it at you, or you've heard this word so many times that you've forgotten the meaning, this morning I simply want to define repentance. That's my goal this morning. What is repentance? No drama, no buildup. Here's the definition. Here's the main point. Repentance is the pursuit of Jesus from the back of the line. Let me say that again. Repentance is the pursuit of Jesus from the back of the line. Look with me at Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3 and verse 8. John answers this question, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Repentance is not a point in time. As we pursue Jesus, we confess our sins many times and in many ways, but repentance is so much more than mere confession. Repentance is about a posture before God. It is the very direction of our life. We either pursue self-glory or we repent and turn ourselves toward Jesus and His glory. Repentance is the pursuit of Jesus from the back of the line. Now, what do I mean by the back of the line? What is that that all about? Okay, so for your visual learners, I'm going to help you out a little bit. All right, me standing here is me in this illustration. All right. This is what we do by nature. We turn our own way. We turn to our own self-pursuits. And if Jesus is on the other side of this stage, repentance means to turn, to turn and pursue Jesus. Okay? But here's, here's the kicker. When we're, when we're turned this way, the only person that we're thinking about is ourselves. Okay? But when we turn to Jesus, we recognize that the last shall be first. We recognize that on our path to Jesus, along the way is every other person in the world, okay? Every other person in the world is on our path to Jesus. So we can go this way, and we can be cut off from all fellowship inside of ourselves, or we can pursue Jesus and we could receive fellowship with God and fellowship with everyone else along the way. Now, let me say this in a better way, or let C.S. Lewis say it for you. Repentance, this willing submission to humiliation and a kind of death, is not something God demands of you before he will take you back, and which he could let you off if he choose. Repentance is simply a description of what going back to Him is like. If you ask God to take you back without repentance, you are really asking Him to let you go back without going back. It cannot happen. Very well then, we must go through with it. But the same badness which makes us need repentance makes us unable to do it. Can we do it if God helps us? Yes. What do we mean when we talk of God helping us? We mean God putting into us a bit of himself, so to speak. 
He lends us a little of his reasoning powers. That is how we think. He puts a little of his love into us, and that is how we love one another. Repentance is simply a description of what going back to him looks like. Along the path of this lifetime of repentance, we will have many, many opportunities to confess our sins, to confess that we keep turning around to our own way. We confess our sins liturgically on Sunday morning, in morning prayer, in evening prayer, in Compline. We do all this not because we need to heap up a bunch of pious liturgical actions, but we recognize that repentance isn't a point in time, but the way of living. It is the only way to find life. Return to the Lord. Consider others above yourself and pursue Jesus. Acknowledge your sins before God and man and keep walking. So repentance is the pursuit of Jesus from the back of the line. How are we supposed to do this? The so what question. How do we know if we are on the right track? I want to give two practical helps to repentance. What does repentance look like? Here's the first practical help. Repentance looks like humility before all people. Repentance looks like humility before all people. The crowds who were so compelled by John the Baptist, they thought he might even be the Christ. They wanted to bear fruits. They were convinced by his proclamation. They wanted to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And so they asked, asked John the obvious question, what shall we do? What shall we do? Verse 11, John gives his answer. Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. John responds simply, love your neighbor. In humility, consider others more highly than yourself. Who is my neighbor? Everyone. Everyone, we're at the last of the line. Your neighbor is the priest on the front row and the swaddled infant in the nursery. Your neighbor is the guest at the food pantry and your wife. Your neighbor is your best friend and the elderly shut-in. What then shall we do? Repentance looks like considering others more highly than yourself, caring for their real physical needs. If you find it really easy to care for guests at the food pantry, but you always have a short temper with your spouse, repent. Humble yourself before your spouse. If you find it really easy to honor Bishop Steve when he comes to town, but you don't think twice about reaching out to your grumpy coworker. Repent. Humble yourself before your coworker and invite them to lunch. If you find in your heart anger or despair directed towards clergy or your congregation, 
Anger or despair directed towards your children. Anger or despair directed towards people who are married. Anger or despair directed towards yourself. Repent, turn to Jesus, pursue Jesus, and consider your neighbor more highly than yourself. But what should I do if I have a real shady government job? What if I'm a tax collector, or worse, a Roman soldier under the command of a merciless tyrant? Verse 13, John replies to the tax collector, collect no more than you are authorized to do. And in verse 14, he responds to the soldier, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. A life of repentance looks like humility before all people. A life of repentance looks like considering others more highly than yourself, especially those for whom you have physical, spiritual, or financial power over. Consider them and do your job with honesty and integrity. Repentance is that simple and it is that hard. It is that simple and it is that hard. Uh, C.S. Lewis, one more time. Repentance is no fun at all. It is something much harder than merely eating humble pie. It means unlearning all the self-conceit and self-will that we have been training ourselves into for thousands of years. So what does repentance look like? Repentance looks like normal life in humility before all people. And finally, repentance leads to rejoicing. Repentance leads to rejoicing. The life of repentance looks like putting to death all of the sin and self-centeredness in your life, but the life of repentance doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. If I could be so bold as to speak like a pretentious theologian, the mortification of all the half-joys in your life leads to the vivification of full joy in Jesus. Putting to death all of those little joys in your life leads to bringing to life full joy in Jesus. The way to Zephaniah's joyful portrait at the end of his sermon is through the crucible of repentance in the beginning and the middle of his sermon. The path to rejoice in the Lord always for Paul isn't brought about by strength of will, but by prayerful dependence upon God in the midst of the difficulties of life. John's sermon of repentance leads to the life of Jesus' sermon on our behalf, his death, his burial, and resurrection to bring us to life. Repentance leads to joy. Or as Bishop Steve said it this week so eloquently in the Anchor Lines email, you should subscribe to it, we begin the Christian year not with resolutions but with repentance because the path to lasting joy, the path to peace does not come through energy and strength but by prayerful 
dependence. Asking God to transform our heart. Resolution rarely works, he concluded with. Repentance promises the fruit of righteousness. Repentance is the path of hope. Repentance leads to rejoicing. Like Jody's eventual return home from work, like John the Baptist who grew up with his cousin Jesus and eagerly anticipated his public ministry, we know that at the end of Advent comes Christmas when Jesus comes home from work. Feel the imminence of his coming. Get ready. Acknowledge the difficulty and then prepare for his return. Let us repent. In every moment of every day, pursuing Jesus, considering others more highly than ourselves, confessing our sins to God and man, so that freedom, peace, and joy will reign in our hearts through faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Christ Church, visit us at ChristChurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 